0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local.
1: It is Jordan Spieth and it is Rory McIlroy. A little bit of desert golf this week out at the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship. We're going to get two out of the top three players in the world going toe to toe on the European Tour. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Monday Scramble. We're a day late, but we'll make up for it. I'm Will Gray, joined by Nick Menta. Nick, I don't know about you, but I spent my off day working. Hope yours uh, was a little better. How about you? Spent on my couch. Oh, there you go. See, it was you was better. Yeah, that was better. That was better. Uh, thoughts from the week that was, the week that, that we're going to preview here with the PGA Tour heading back to California, European Tour out in Abu Dhabi, any, any thoughts?
0: I think if you, had, if you had taken a list of PGA Tour winners from last year and asked the average golf fan who won the FedEx St. Jude, they probably would not have been able to come up with Fabian Gomez. It would have taken a
1: while, yeah. But,
0: uh, you know, everything seems like it's a little bit different for him now. This was a quality win in Sony. He's he sort of secured his Olympic status, or, or you would at least think unless, think, unless Angel Cabrera does something.
1: That on Helkerer has, has done previously, do. previously admittedly.
0: Do. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think I think this is just yet another guy we can add to the mix. He's maybe not a star on the level of Jordan Spieth, but you know now we at least know who Fabian Gomez if we
1: is if we didn't
0: know him go. before. All
1: right, well, we'll we'll have more on Fabian Gomez later in the show. But here's what we've got for you on a Tuesday edition of Monday Scramble: Jordan Spieth and Rory McElroy headline the field. This week in Abu Dhabi. Sorry, Ricky Fowler, you're you're not quite making top billing right now. Playing in that group. He's in the other contenders, I suppose, along with guys like Martin Keimer and Henrik Stenson. As we said, Fabian Gomez wins the Sony Open. Brant Snedeker off to a great start early in 2016. Team Europe has woken up, realizes it is a Ryder Cup year. They crushed the Eurasia Cup. And Phil Mickelson making his 2016 debut. We haven't seen him in quite a while. He'll be teeing it up out in uh, in Palm Springs. Should be a good week. Big year for Phil. Big year for Phil. a lot Phil. of
0: pressure for Phil.
1: We will get into that. We will get into that. But first, we have to start with a preview of the action in Abu Dhabi. Per, the, the, monitor, graphic per the graphic behind us for the for the visual listeners, there is a picture here. But you've got Jordan at world number one, fresh off the eight-shot win at the Hyundai Tournament of Champions. You've got Rory making his his year debut, but really coming off the year that is it didn't quite come out to what he thought it would with that poorly timed ankle injury. First
0: it was a lost year and then it was an A, just not an A-plus? Yeah, it it was was three
1: stages, really good spring, terrible timing with the, the soccer game, and then he closes out winning the race to Dubai. So it can't be a bad year, but I think the expectations are really raised for him this year, both in terms of how he thinks his game is going to play out and the attempt to chase both Jordan and Jason Day.
0: And they're, they're sort of very aware of this. You'll see athletes or golfers sometimes occasionally be like, I'm not worried about anybody else. I just focus on myself. But. But Jordan and Rory do seem to, to relish the opportunity to go head-to-head. Jordan was, was joking about this week, oh, had I known Rory was playing, I wouldn't have done it. You know, I wouldn't have gone to Abu Dhabi. So they're at least very aware of each other, and Spieth you know, further made comment that, you know, he expects Rory to have a resurgent 2016, and he hopes to stand in the way of that. So these are two guys who are, are very aware of a budding rivalry and are, are sort of looking forward to, to going down that path.
1: Always adds to the proverbial narrative when the, both participants embrace it. And it's not like, as you said, Jordan and Rory, and even Jason Day, to an extent, they're not shying away from this. They say, listen, I want to go toe-to-toe with these other guys. I want my best to show up when the other players are playing their best, and we'll see... Who comes out on top? Now, as we said, Jordan won by eight shots a couple weeks ago in Hawaii. Do you feel like the pressure now shifts to Rory to kind of make a statement in the first tournament that they're sharing of the year to really get back at Jordan and say, listen, don't forget about me. I'm still right here. I'm going to nip at your heels all spring.
0: Well, we're, we're placing probably a little too much emphasis on that this. Never happens, yes, that, that never happens. That never happens. Okay, so it's the first time they're playing in
1: 2016. It's yes. sort of a... First time one of them is playing in 2016.
0: And, well, the the other, one. and now yes. they're in
1: the same field. It's yes. sort of an
0: irrelevant distinction, but we're going to make it. We're going to okay. bring it up. Uh, there is some pressure on Rory moving forward, if not this week, moving forward this year because he had a quality year last year and he got completely lost in the shuffle. This is a guy who won four times. Yeah. He won the DP World Championship. He won another race to Dubai. He won a World Golf Championship. You know, if you had looked in, what, it, he, he wins the, the PGA Championship at Valhalla. He's he, on top of the world. You
1: would have thought there was but no... But you have thought a
0: year later that he no. would not be number one. He wouldn't even be number two. Right.
1: That's it. I certainly did not expect anyone to catch him. I definitely didn't expect two guys to catch him, but I didn't expect other players to both win five times as Jordan and Jason Day did last year.
0: And his mental approach to how last year has changed a little bit. We we just hinted at this a couple minutes ago. You know, at the tour championship, he was ready to write off the entire season as a lost year. And then suddenly he wins the DP world and the the year goes from a lost year to an A in his book, just not an A plus because he didn't win a major. But it was still a good year. I mean, by anybody else's accounts, to, to win four times, to win a race to Dubai, to win a WGC, Wells Fargo is a, is a quality event with a good field. Uh, had he won four times, and you know somebody had gone back a year and told you that he wouldn't be number one,
1: you wouldn't. You never wouldn't believe have believed it. it. No, never believed so it. So
0: there is some pressure. And and Jordan's already got a win this year. He's already picked up that win in Honolulu. It was a convincing win. So he's clearly carried the momentum from last year into 2016. And now we have to see if if Rory can get rolling
1: again. We will see. we got some primetime golf this week for the viewers. 10 o'clock Eastern, Wednesday night, things kick off. Jordan and Rory are playing together at 10.40 p.m. Eastern in that first round. and They're joined by Ricky Fowler, who, as we alluded to earlier, is kind of getting lost in the shuffle here in terms of other people. And and he's a top-ranked guy in this field. He's not quite on the status right now of Jordan and Rory, but he's a player to watch along with several other guys in the field in Abu Dhabi, Martin Keimer, Henrik Stenson. So who are you looking for, and what are your thoughts really on Fowler right now?
0: We always break McIlroy, and day off into a big three yeah. uh, because it's convenient we like using the word big
1: three. Love but big three. They've Love also it.
0: separated themselves in terms of the World Golf ranking. So there there is at least something behind this other. In than the, the majors. That. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So so they have separated themselves statistically, numerically. Okay. Um, but, but we're always looking for the guy who can make that big three a big four. Sometimes we've mentioned Patrick Reed.
1: See, I don't think we are. I think we really like a big three. I think it was annoying in the mid 2000s when you had four and you were trying, it, did, it didn't work well for discussion. I think three is the number. Did anybody it goes ever believe there, there
0: was four? Like, was Ratif Goosen really threatening <laughs> Retief,
1: Tiger's throne? Retief Goosen, he won a couple majors. That counts for something. I, I just think that it goes back to, it, everything goes back to Arnie, Jack, and Gary Player, and the, that we pine for that time, and we want everything to match. It's it's when we try and do cross-generational comparisons, which are impossible, because the, the technology has changed, the, the courses have changed, everything, but we say, oh, well, how would it be if you have this group playing at their best versus this group from 40 years ago. So I think that for whatever reason, the golf industry is fixated on big three. So are we taking Billy Casper and Ricky Fowler as the fours there? Uh, I'll take Casper over Ricky <laughs> Fowler, g- given the choice. Either, I either think way, Ricky like,
0: if, if the point is we're looking for somebody else who could crash the party and be number four in a big four, Fowler's at least usually one of the popular choices.
1: He's in. He's in the mix. He's he's upgraded from overrated needs to win to a legitimate top five. Right. Top and, 10 player. and
0: here's another guy who who like McElroy, but a, a, to a slightly different degree, was lost in the shuffle last year, despite having a what ordinarily would have been a breakthrough year. Yeah. You know, there's there's sort of no there's no space when it comes to what Jason Day did and what Jordan Spieth did, but. but when you consider the finish that Fowler had at the Players' Championship playing the last six holes, six under, the birdie 17, what, three times? Three times, times on Sunday. Yep. Um, wins the Scottish Open, which is an event that has sort of grown in its prestige over the last couple of years. And, and then wins
1: he, it in convincing fashion with the birdie on 18. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, and then takes down Stenson at the, in a
1: playoff yep. Yep. event George in Boston.
0: Bank. So, by any other comparison, and in any other year, we would be talking in in more excited terms about Ricky Fowler than we are, but it's because of the two guys he'll be playing with this week in Abu Dhabi that he's he's just not getting that attention.
1: Now, the guy that won the players last year, or before Ricky Fowler did last year, was Martin Keimer. Didn't quite have the 2015 season that he was looking for. Ended up losing his PGA Tour card. So he did season, now he doesn't yeah, have a card. It all went back to this tournament a year ago when he, I, I mean, I'm telling you, this story got lost in the shuffle. By the time we were recapping ten stories shots? of the year, he blew a 10-shot lead on Sunday. Are you kidding me? How does that even happen? A two-time and now, major champion. You don't see exactly. it. Exactly. You would think Gary Stahl would be the one that would blow a ten-shot lead to nice Martin Timer. Well, he's, he's the one that won. He, he, I someone understand. Had, someone had to win the no tournament. No one else knows if, it was, if you remember that Martin Timer blew a ten-shot yes. lead, you certainly don't remember who won. Well, Gary Stahl won, just there like, like go. Fabian Gomez won in Memphis. But seriously, a ten-shot lead, that is crazy. And it's a, again, it's a tournament that he has dominated before. He loves that golf course like maybe no one else in this field, but, but there has to be some scar tissue with that, and I have to think that it did exist extends somewhat into his 2015 season where he just really never got close to another lead. No, he didn't. and You know, he played a
0: little bit better late in the year, he had top 12s at at both the Open Championship and the PGA, I think he had four top fives last year in total, two of them on the European Tour after that collapse, but look, he didn't even play enough events to keep his PGA Tour card, he doesn't seem overly concerned about it, he's now dropped down, this is a two time major winner, he's now 30th in the world, I mean he he only won that US Open in 2014, He's, he's down to 30th, he doesn't have a Tour card anymore like I said he doesn't seem all that broken up about it he's he said earlier this week I'm just going to keep playing the same schedule I have We're been fine. which is why he wasn't yeah. so concerned <laughs> but um no this is a guy who seems like he's in need of a spark in need of a boost and uh, for a guy who loved that golf course before a 10-shot collapse, you do have to wonder if now there's going to be gonna some, go?
1: some mental demons. I think the I'm, good old mental demons. Oh, we, you and I both know those far too well. I uh, one other guy I'm interested in, not only this week, but moving on this year, is Henrik Stenson. Six runner-up finishes last year. Three out of the four playoff events, he finished second. I think that we're going to get to a point soon where you want to talk about a guy that needs a spark. Henrik Stenson needs a win. Struggled to close last year on Just to get occasions. over the hump. The one that really sticks out just because it had him in fantasy was the Bay Hill collapse yep. where he just could not buy a putt. But he clearly is playing at a high level. He's up in that in the top five in the world ranking along with guys like Fowler and Bubba Watson. But he, but. You really feel like one trophy is going to go a long way for him. There's a, lot, a long list of guys that fit that billing, but I really think after a year, that was a great year. That could, or It was a good year that could have been a great year if he converts a couple of those. Now he has, he's got a chance. But uh, as we said earlier, 10 o'clock Wednesday night, primetime golf all week long out in Abu Dhabi. It at 10.30 and then the,
0: the big three slash four big, at 10.40.
1: Big two, two out of the three. Get your meatloaf reference in there if you want. Two out of three ain't bad, right? Nice. Same that all right let's go back a couple days now or a day and a half because we're spanning the globe and spanning time zones we're going early with the european tour golf we went late with the pga tour golf last week at the sony open where fabian gomez came out of nowhere to not only contend at the sony open in hawaii but ultimately he beats brant snedeker on the second hole of a sudden death playoff as you alluded to in the open this is now his second pga tour victory The guy's 37 years old, he's been a pro since 2001, and now all of a sudden he has found the fire that he needed to get Get those chances, and now he's converted not once but twice in the PJ Tour. It was a loaded leaderboard
0: on Sunday, and he came from four shots back. He shoots eight under 62 in the final Seven round. Seven
1: birdies in a row. Yeah. That'll do. That'll get you in contention real quick. That'll help.
0: Yeah. Uh, birdies the last hole when, when it didn't look like he was going to. He had hit a poor wedge into the 72nd green. He's sitting there from 22 feet off the apron, and suddenly the guy jars it. And, and Snedeker has to make a four of his own on the last hole just to force that playoff. Um, it was a quality win. I, I, I thought he did exactly what he needed to in the playoff, despite the fact that we'll, we'll get into Snedeker in a bit. I, I didn't <laughs> love his club selection. I don't think at Snedeker
1: loved his club selection on 18 after the fact.
0: Well, let's just do that now. Um, Go he, for it. he hits driver three times on yes. 18 on Sunday. And, you know, in regulation on the 72nd hole, it did not burn him. He drives it in the right rough, gets up towards the green, gets up now, makes birdie. Fine. Lines up on the right side yeah. of the tee box again, pulls Blast. driver, blasts it in the exact same spot, only this time he clips a tree, comes short of the green, does not get up and down, and it's only by virtue of the fact that Gomez didn't make birdie that this went to a second playoff hole, probably should have been over there, and uh, third time's not the charm. Yeah. There's the double cross right to the bunker, makes five. If you take less club on that hole, Gomez finally, finally, it. I think it he hit hybrid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hit hybrid.
0: If you just take less club, brand Snedeker probably has his eighth PGA Tour victory. Yeah. Didn't learn. He can blame the putter all he wants. It was the club selection.
1: Uh, warning, this is about to go off the rails into golf nerd territory. Yes. But this reminded me of a couple of years back, there was a playoff at the Travelers Championship between Ken Duke and Chris Stroud. And you they weren't were, kidding, were you? No, I'm, I'm dead okay. serious. So they were playing the 18th hole at TPC River Highlands, which is a little rinky-dink par four with a tough green, and they kept blasting. I don't,
0: I don't think the River Highlands people would appreciate it's it.
1: It's all right. It's, well, all right. Sorry, River Highlands people but it they kept blasting drivers both of them into into this gap where they've got these 60 65 yard in between wedges that no one can get on an it. uneven line yes. and <laughs> no one can get it within like 20 feet and they yes. keep playing this hole over and over no one's making birdie on a 360 yard hole and it's like when are you guys going to wake up and someone just hit a three iron and give yourself a full wedge fabian and eventually gomez woke up. yeah ken duke woke up at that one fabian delmas woke up gomez stay woke and uh, he's got the trophy now.
0: Regardless of my thoughts on his club selection, it is nice to see Brant Snadeker playing good golf again. Yes, Yes. Um, a
1: T3 in uh, in Maui, and now a playoff loss here. To mention the big Franklin Templeton victory. Franklin Templeton. Let's talk about how that was a springboard for his season. We're waiting maybe on it Jason was, though
0: I mean, you know, it's, it look, it's a, it's a December event, and it doesn't get a lot of attention. But if you can show up and play some competitive golf and hit the ball well, maybe yeah. you can take some momentum. So you know, shares the title there. T3 and T3 Kapalua, runner-up now, and this is a guy who did not play great golf over the second half of last season. So it, it's nice to see him going again, especially as he prepares for a title defense.
1: Well, I think, yeah, as you said, title defense coming up at Pebble Beach, but if you go back before that win at Pebble, he was outside the top 60 in the world ranking, wasn't in the Masters. A wasn't, guy who
0: used to be number four in the world.
1: Yes, he wasn't in the Masters or the U.S. Open, he wasn't in the WGC events, these, these tournaments he's used to playing, and he got that win. It led to those invitations, and now he's back on the right side of that top 50 bubble. He's up to 24th now, but we've seen so many times with elite level, with elite guys, that the difference between being a top 50 player and staying a top 50 player versus going in and out and maybe you're into Doral, maybe you're not. You got to go to qualifying for the U.S. Open. You get into these events. It's a a cycle that really just helps yourself because then you get the free world ranking. All of this sounds like an
0: interesting segue to talk about the European Ryder Cup team.
1: There it is. Thank you, Nick. This is a tag team (laughs) operation. Speaking of guys who are not in the top 50
0: and who therefore are currently, well, it's it's not a, a direct correlation, but by virtue of their recent play, they are not currently qualified
1: for this year's European Ryder Cup team. It's early. We've got some time. We've but, got a lot of time. But the Europeans, as we said, they do realize it's a Ryder Cup year. They stomped the Asians in the Eurasia Cup. Uh, I love whoever came up with the branding and name of the Eurasia Cup. But that's okay. It works. It's a little on the nose. It works. Uh, Eighteen and a half to five and a half. That is is, that is a beatdown right there. It's called uh, it decisive. De- decisive is one way to put it. But you had the the rising stars played really well. Uh, the, the trio of new English faces, Matt Fitzpatrick, Danny Willett, and Andy Sullivan, they all played really well. And you had Darren Clark, who captained the team, and he's going to captain the team at Hazeltine at the Ryder Cup. His two captains' picks of Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, both brought the veteran leadership. They both went undefeated. It was an ideal scenario for what Clark wanted to, get to really jumpstart the year for European golf.
0: Yeah, and right after he sort of hinted that... Those are two names that you might see this year at hazeltine regardless of whether they make the team of their own accord or or clark has to pick them once again as captain's picks um he said a lot of the guys on the on the team the younger guys already sort of look up to them and that they were great in locker room uh and just to serve as leaders and you know you can only have so many vice captains but when you have guys with that much experience it's just almost like adding to the to the captain's staff at that point so uh, a lot of young guys, though, and, and right now, if you look at the European Ryder Cup standings, this this is a team you would not recognize. Right. Um, we've got what eight months left of qualifying, so, so we got
1: some time. Um, there it, it, it This will is going out. to
0: change, but you know, if you look at this team right now, and we can just read off who's on there, you're going to recognize McElroy, Stenson, Rose, and Dubuisson, but otherwise, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Andy Sullivan, Christopher Broberg, Chris Wood, Danny Willett. That is not. Yeah. That's not what you think of when you think of the Ryder Cup. You think of guys like Poulter, Westwood, Garcia, Donald, McDowell. None of them are on here. Jamie Donaldson, who played,
1: you know, in 2014, still not on here. Fought the chainsaw and lost.
0: The last two WGC winners. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to the chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why anybody keeps any professional it's golfer the, keeps using chainsaw, right. but you know, the last two WGC uh, GC winners, Shane Lowry, Russell Knox, yep. also guys who are not. On this team if if qualifying ended today so it's it's certainly a if the transition won't come for the europeans in 2016 where this team looks markedly different it will come just two years later
1: yeah i mean i think that we're gonna as you said it's gonna be like a four-year process we're gonna see some significant turnover this year a guy you mentioned luke donald he missed the team in 14 and i haven't seen anything out of him right now to make me consider him as a real realistic captain's pick. You
0: know, Sunday at Sony, he, he looked like he was going to have a, a sort of a backdoor top five. He was playing yeah. well.
1: The classic Luke Donald backdoor nice, top a Nice 10. little birdie streak
0: yeah. uh, on the back nine, and then all of a sudden bogeys at 16 and 17, and you go from, oh, Luke Donald's going to backdoor top five, this to Luke Donald is 22nd all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, you know, it, for a guy going through swing changes, it's got to be a positive to make four birdies in a row on the back nine Sunday.
1: Right.
0: But then but you it's... follow it up with two bogeys, and it's You just have to wonder at some point, is it technical or is it mental with Luke Donald?
1: I would agree. I would agree. But uh, we will see. All right, well, let's shift focus now to what we've got looking ahead to this week. As we said, we have the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship. Try saying that five times fast. Starts Wednesday night, 10 o'clock. Don't say it. I just said it once. That's enough. Wednesday, 10 o'clock Eastern on Golf Channel where you have uh, Ricky, Rory, and Jordan teeing it up. We also have the Career Builder Challenge. The PGA Tour heads back to the mainland out in La Quinta, California. Two new courses in the three-course rotation for fantasy people to, to pay attention to. It's more variables. It makes it great. Can
0: I yeah. say for no reason I would like this event to be five rounds again? Just so you we get can. scores at, like,
1: 3,500 I hate, bucks? I hated the five-round tournament. It's, it's just so it's unnecessary. Like That's incorrect. But I, th- why do you need five rounds for anything? No, you don't. You don't. Except Q school, I like Q school being. Q, they can make Q school a month long, as far as I'm concerned. That guys wouldn't like it. But uh, also the, as we said, uh, Bernhard Langer kicking off his new non anchored Champions Tour season in uh, Hawaii with the. Yeah, there, there's Langer a guy Champions
0: who gets Tour. left out of the anchoring debate. We're always focused. Oh, he's in it now. We're focused on Adam Scott and, and other guys who you know are younger. Sorry, yeah. Younger.
1: Well, no, he said he said he still doesn't know what he, what's going on. He was he was talking this morning that he's got three styles of putters and. He's going to take the first three tournaments of the year, and, and maybe he switches it it around, and maybe he doesn't. Yeah, do we now have to worry about the quiet dominance of, of Bernhard Liner falling by the wayside?
0: That's uh, possible. If there's two guys who could challenge him,
1: yeah.
0: it's, it, I think it's Jeff Maggart and Colin Montgomery, just based on the major championships su- success they've had in the last two I'm years. Maggart wins two majors last year. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see. Because the ball striking is going to be there.
1: Yeah. Lager like what, clearly what, is, is as putts?
0: fit as anybody else can continue to can continue on with that golf swing for years. But, yes, you have to make putts. And and suddenly for a guy who's been using that long putter for years and
1: years, years long time, and years, and years
0: um, it's going to be difficult. That transition, even, even if some at some point he figures it out, yeah. you have to wonder that it's going to be at least bumpy at the outset.
1: So two points on this. First off, uh, as my producer in the years told me, John Daly, long John, turning the big five zero this year. So watch out, Champions Tour fans, one and all. PGA Pace. Tour champions. Yes, PGA Tour champions. I apologize, but uh, yeah. So I don't think he'll challenge There's for the a shot Schwab in the job. arm, though. I but mean, that's that, that's going to be. You
0: know, watching Monty watch. on on major weekends is interesting because yeah. he now has that sort of different dynamic with the American crowd. That's that's vastly different from when he was younger. Um, but John Daly could certainly be a shot in the arm for for the PGA Tour champions, right. champion right. tour, or whatever we want to call kind it. Of, second reference, we can call it. There you go. Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah. No, but. It'll be nice because there are some guys who at 50 are still kicking it on the on the PGA Tour. Yep. You know, Vijay doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Stricker still plays at a fairly high level, even though he's you know yep. reduced his schedule. So it'll be nice to to get somebody who hits 50 and immediately does want to go to the Champions he, Tour. He and, has been waiting for the Champions and Tour and has for that about kind of popularity. Eight years.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other second thing, real quick, before we move on, we were talking about anchoring. Uh, can I tell you how annoyed I was with the Zach Blair did he anchor, did he not? Discussion this Sunday is going night, to be a problem. Sunday night at Sony. This the stroke is about intent. And we're gonna be looking at high res footage of every single player anytime the butt of a club brushes the edge of a shirt. Well, was he anchoring? Was he not? I I don't want to get too far into it. I just wanted to air my grievance and so, say sorry that that for did.
0: the audio only people, but for yes. those of us watching on video, we're both wearing pullovers right
1: now. It can happen.
0: The butt end of this club could and could brush not... up against a pullover <sighs> and then just... you don't know if a guy's anchoring. It's especially going to be a problem anytime there's bad weather. Guys right. wearing rain gear. How are you going to be able to tell um, and Zach Blair, to his credit, seemed. It was fun. Totally just, surprised at I'm the just, end, it wouldn't even, even occur to him.
1: I'm just annoyed at the amount of time that golf fans and viewers and writers alike are going to lose to these stupid discussions of did he anchor, did he not. When well, that wasn't the only of time one was either. Th-
0: there was questions about Shingo Katayama at the, at the Eurasia Cup. All right.
1: I feel better having gotten that off my chest. Okay. I appreciate that. So let's move forward. As we said, Career Builder Challenge out in Palm Springs this week. Phil Nicholson making his first start since the President's Cup. He had some interesting comments earlier this week. He's, this is his first start with Andrew Getson. He split in November with longtime swing coach Butch Harmon. Now he's got Andrew Getson as his swing consultant, coach, whatever term you want to use. 45 years old, hasn't won since the 2013 Open Championship. He said he's optimistic, but he's also nervous for this season. So what are your thoughts on Phil both this week and moving forward this year?
0: I think it's clear how badly he wants to make this Ryder Cup team based on the fact that, you know, he was the impetus for the task force. Yep. And you now have Tiger. Yeah,
1: and he was the one that said, "Let's not count the fall events." Right. Which he got that to work, and now they're going to undo it. He's had all the input. Yeah.
0: And yet he is not one of the potential playing captains on this team. Like, you know, Tiger's hurt, but right. you know, says he wants to play. Jim Furyk could have to bow out because he wants to play. Phil was not named one of those vice captains. Right. It's clear he wants to make this on his own accord. He wants his, you know, his play to be the reason he's there. Um. And yes, he, you know, he had three top tens last year. He had the, the second place finish at the Masters that no one will remember because of Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth, it's almost irrelevant. Um, but this is a guy who, like you said, has not won since that British Open and then he, right after that he had that prolonged streak where he didn't even have a top ten until his performance at the PGA in yep. 2014. It stands to reason that, you know, not all of these guys can continue to pe- compete at this level. He's 45 years old. At some point he is going to fall off and so if he makes this Ryder Cup team, it's very likely that this is his last Ryder Cup team. We know how much he loves these team events. This is important to him. Um, and the interesting thing about Phil Mickelson as he's gotten older is that you can tell when he's motivated and invested and when he's not. Yep. And typically those weeks only pop up for majors now. We'll, we'll always be able to talk about the U.S. Open for as long as he's going to play it. That, that's mm. the one that's gotten away. Six 6 runner-ups in the Open. Um, this is, this is clearly a guy who's going to be motivated based on how much he loves these events. And so maybe on a week-to-week basis, we're going to see a more invested Phil Mickelson than we've seen in the last two to three years because he knows exactly what he's shooting for. It's not just a U.S. Open. It's not just another major. It's, it's sort of a, a loftier goal where he needs consistent play.
1: I have a hard time envisioning this Ryder Cup team at team without Phil Mickelson playing, especially based on his level of play in Korea at the yeah. President's Cup, where he was a questionable pick, and he, made, and he played well. And uh, and so I think that he, I think he's going to be there. And I do think that you know, as we said before, with narratives, I think that everyone's kind of penciling him in to be the captain in 2024. At Beth Page at a U.S. venue with the, with the crowds, everyone's going to be loving. New York
0: crowds have loved him. In the
1: I think that if he's going to play his last one, I think he would rather play it in the states at Hazeltine than in. Uh, outside of France, or outside of Paris, and it, Le so LeGolfe next in two years. Here's a little bit of a left-footed question. Left-footed, all right. Who's, yeah, got, but, more,
0: who's got more pressure on them this year? Okay. And, and we can sort of pick apart what the reasons may be. Phil Mickelson
1: Yep. Or Rory McIlroy? Oh, I think Phil. For sure. I think Phil has more pressure than a, a lot of guys this year. And f- so for me, my thought is, as we said, he hasn't won since, since Muirfield. And when he left the 72nd green at that event, the discussion was, here, here it is. Phil got the one that no one ever thought he would win. Will he win the career Grand Slam? How many more majors will he win? He was 42 at the time. It was a totally different trajectory of the discussion versus now, where he still hasn't won an event. If he goes through this year uh, without winning a single tournament, the question will stand, do we think Phil Mickelson will ever win again on the PGA Tour, which is certainly far cry from any discussion we expected to have three years ago when, when he hoisted the Claret. Right. Rory's problems would be a
0: little more abstract if somehow Jordan Smith, you know, put, put a, a gap between but himself. Yeah, but, but
1: you're right. I mean th- Phil needs Phil's to play running consistently. Out of time. Yes. Phil yes. needs to play consistently and he is starting to experience a decline in his results. And at at his age, at his stage in the career, that it's not impossible to turn around, but it is more difficult.
0: We've got a lot of time to talk about this, seeing as how the, <laughs> the Ryder Cup is not until, what, October? October, Minnesota? October,
1: Minnesota. So that's golf weather if i I'll, I've I'll just say
0: it now in January, based on what he did in Korea, holding out from two different mm-hmm. bunkers, one of which was a fairway bunker, especially after he had that ridiculous one ball yes. snafu, um, this is a guy who has the raw talent to bring it whenever he is invested to do so. Um, it's not gonna be every week, but yeah. but I do think that he could he could get excited for one more run in
1: Oh, Nevada I agree Cup,
0: Especially given his personal history at that event and and certainly the the US recent team history
1: Yes, yes, there will be plenty of new blood. I think but as you said we got we got tons of time to talk about All right, let's shift gears now. We're gonna go into the shag bag Nick. I hope you're ready for it uh, We discussed this earlier, but Jamie Donaldson Disabled list with a chainsaw. I'm using the Al Michaels terminology. He's out with a shoulder. He's out with a finger or he's out with a chainsaw? Yeah, he's out with a chainsaw. With the chainsaw. He, okay. he said on Twitter he got in a fight with a chainsaw and he lost. Uh, I then added, I have yet to see someone win a fight with a chainsaw. So the chainsaw remains undefeated as far as I'm concerned. But he definitely uh, took, took a hard hit to the, the finger, got a lot of stitches, didn't look very pretty. Luckily, if,
0: if we can use a luckily in this instance, it wasn't as bad as what Greg Norman
1: did. That's true. Greg um, Norman had a much worse chainsaw but, incident. You know, a professional
0: golfer or not, to everyone listening at home, <laughs> exercise, <laughs> exercise care
1: with your heavy machinery. Yes, yeah, get a um, get a chainsaw supervisor and, before.
0: And you maybe use. if you're making millions of dollars playing golf and your career depends upon your ability to
1: just grip. make a fist, yeah, just yeah. grip a club, get someone else. So do your chainsaw uh, work. Speaking of, of off the course activities, yes,
0: and and heavy machinery in the home.
1: Look uh, at you with the segways today. <laughs>
0: Jordan Spieth picks up uh, another another. Is this? this isn't really an award or a trophy; it's just some real estate, <laughs> you uh, picked up some a pretty of expensive land. real estate. Uh, uh, reportedly, pays 7.1 million dollars for for Hunter Mahan's former Dallas mansion, it's Dallas looking, area mansion.
1: It's, it's looking swank. We're looking at the pictures here for on the podcast. He's got the simulator, the ping pong table. I really like the indoor basketball court. It's only half court the bri- though. So. Brick around the the basketball court it looks really outside. nice. And then.
0: And then the massive garage, the, the yes. underground garage with the beautiful mural of Augusta I, National. It's, it's really... It almost seems like it was built for
1: me. A bargain at any price, I would say. So uh, 7.1, when you're... Originally when, on the market for more than
0: 7.1, according to uh, well, certain, certain yeah, Dallas-based real estate clients. Yes, well,
1: when he's, uh, when he's making $53 million a year, as he was purported to make last year, you can I, make a good I could do okay million. on, like, half of that, I think. I, I can make it work. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to talk facial hair, because... Why not? Uh, it's, so Boo Weekly and Graham DeLette both letting it go a little bit over the, the holiday season. Yeah. Both showed up at Sony uh, with a little extra on the chin. So who do you think shaves first, Boo or Canada's Finest? I
0: did a little research here.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Digging deep. What do you got? Deep. Went back through some old uh,
0: some photo files. Kay. Last time I could find evidence <laughs> that Graham DeLette had shaved was at the uh, Canadian Open last okay. July, yep. which you will remember he had to withdraw from, presumably yes. because he didn't have,
1: didn't have the beard. Right. Yes.
0: So uh, that was the last time I could at least find evidence okay. that one of them had shaved.
1: Yeah, I Boo, think... Boo uh, at least always seems to have the beard. To it depends preso- on if you're calling it a, a full clean shave or a trim. Like, like Graham needs, it needs to trim it up a little bit. It's getting a little, little out of bounds. Boo, I think, just wants to let it go because Boo doesn't care and Boo is very clear about his priorities and they include fishing and golf and, and, and uh,
0: a future spot on Duck Dynasty.
1: Yeah and the rest of it you know you can have it but I think that Graham is more is more likely to incorporate the full but uh, trimmed up beard moving forward. He'll go in cycles. He'll
0: he yeah. shave it off and grow it back out.
1: And um, this is this is about as much as I want to talk about it. other men's facial hair by the
0: way. The guy coming up on his 34th birthday by yes. the way Graham DeLette turns 34 Friday. Um, if you could you know, forecast the next two years for Graham, Graham Dillett, a guy who's come close yep. to that PGA Tour victory a number of times. W- where do you see this career going?
1: Uh, I'm concerned that he his game has kind of fallen off in the last year, year or so. He did finish in the top ten at the Sony this past week. That was his first top ten since the Travelers in June. So he was always a guy who was a great ball striker, couldn't make the putts. Now the ball striking is starting to dip before the putts are coming up, so I have some, some questions, but it is interesting. He's one of those guys, you know, we talked about the Olympics with, uh, you know, Fabian Gomez making a great run to solidify his spot on the Argentinian team after winning Sony. Graham Dillette and David Hearn are guys that are, are right now looking to book their tickets for Rio to, support, to represent Canada. So
0: if we, can, if we can go back for just a moment. Yes. We, were, we, had we, can. The, we were talking about the anchoring debate earlier and we were talking about PGA Tour champions. Yes. Um, when it comes to the struggles that Bernhard Langer might have with this putter, where would you say his odds are to, to win yet another Charles Schwab Cup?
1: Uh, I mean, I'd put him close to the... Fa- I mean, let's say 7-1. to one. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's only a handful of guys that I think are really going to challenge him. I think his putting will fall off as he starts to get used to and acclimate himself to a new the putter. Ball
0: enough to, to the make
1: ball strength is enough to keep him up there. I really think that... I think he'll be okay. So, uh, as we said earlier on, on the Olympics, uh, Fabian Gomez, Emiliano Grillo are currently slotted for Team Argentina. Any shot that Angel Cabrera, lurking about 170 spots down the list, could come up and, uh, and snag one of those spots? Yes. So we got the there Masters. Is a, there is a shot. we got the Masters. We've got Oakmont hosting the US Open. El Pato could come through. The last
0: time he won the Masters, anybody didn't, was there anybody who really thought, like, we're hearing from Angel no, Cabrera no one, again? No,
1: and no one thought that he was gonna win the US Open when he did either. And considering his age,
0: he can still, he can still push it out there. And at Augusta National, that kind of distance can, can make all the difference. I mean, w- yep. we can see that there, that's kind of the beauty of Augusta. There are so many different ways to get it done. Jordan Spieth doesn't hit the ball a ton, wins. Zach Johnson, great wedge player, wins. Trevor Immelman, not a, a known bomber, wins. Um, and then you have Bubba Watson and, and other guys who are going to move it out there. But um, I do think there is an outside shot. Yeah. All right. That's all i Is gonna it likely? Awesome. No. no. But I, I would it not happened. write off Angel Cabrera based solely on the fact that we've seen it before. Yes. Uh,
1: all right. Let's shift focus here to football real quick. AFC, NFC title games. What are your thoughts? We've got New England at Denver, Arizona at Carolina. Give me winners.
0: I'm pained watching Peyton Manning at this point. So New England, I don't, I don't have any faith that Mr. Omaha can throw it past five yards. So I'm right there with you. And I I am a little bit actually disappointed that we're going to get all this talk about Brady versus Manning. Brady versus Manning. Who's the best all time? This is right now not a fair discussion because Peyton Manning is not even a shell of himself. And Tom Brady is still performing at a very high level. If he's not still in this, you know, if he's not still in his prime, he's in a very high post prime. Um, So let's go with New England. On the other side, uh, this, is, this is a field goal game going to the home team, which, you know, on a, on a neutral site means this is straight One up. One um,
1: Hopefully the coin rotates.
0: I'm going to punt on this and, and focus instead on how shocked I am that, that Ron Rivera spent two to three years as the NFL's most fireable coach and is Riverboat now suddenly Ron. a genius. If there was ever results-based analysis, <laughs> I, I point you... St- Squarely to Riverboat Ron.
1: Yes, Riverboat Ron hosting the NFC title game. This is the world we live in. Uh, I will. I agree with you. I think New England wins. I don't think it's going to be close. And I will take Arizona in the upset. I really like Bruce Arians. I like former this team.
0: Temple University coach. There it is. Bruce Arians. Go if Owls. I can squeeze that in there.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I, I like Arizona. And one last one. You saw the Revenant this weekend. Does Leo get his Oscar this year? Yes or no? No. <sighs> The drought continues. I'm also
0: disappointed. Yes. I, I, I absolutely recommend if you have the, uh, the constitution <laughs> to sit through this one. It's a bit graphic, um, but worth your time. Yes. I, I would almost say that Tom Hardy steals the show from Leonardo wow. DiCaprio in this one.
1: There you go. All right, well. That that concludes our our awesome. A little more dialogue might have had it for Leo. All right, golf fans, remember, once again, 10 o'clock Eastern, Wednesday night, live golf from Abu Dhabi and all week long. For Nick, I'm Will. This concludes our Tuesday edition of Monday Scramble. We'll be back next week to recap the career builder and Abu Dhabi. We'll see you then.